going down. Come the worst, my people's come first. When worst come the 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 worst. When worst come the worst, my people's come What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? I am doing the show by myself again. Sorcerer Chromatic could not hook up this weekend, so I am here by my lonesome recording on a Thursday coming out this Friday. So it's a fresh show for you, a freshie. And it's really disappointing because this is show number 460. Isn't this like one of those, uh, you know, it's a milestone show, a mile marker show, whatever they want to call it. So anyway, just kidding. Um, yeah, he'll be probably probably be back next week to join the frivolity that is Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg, Sorcerer Chromatic, like I said, is off. And we are going to have some beer, talk a little bit of beer news. I got um, a beer festival I'm going to talk about. And then we're out of here. Should be a quick show. Don't have any uh, a lot of extracurriculars to talk about this week. But that's all right. That is all right. So uh, let's get to the beer then, shall we? All right. So this week I have from our um, from some new friends across the pond uh, from Poland, actually. From let's see, what did they say? Miloslav Poland, imported by DNV International uh, from Jupiter, Florida. And I have Kome Russian Imperial Stout, brewed by Browar Fortuna. And it's a 12% uh, alcohol by volume. It says intense roasted flavor. If I read the back, it says 12% alcohol by volume. Product product of Poland. The Kome Russian Imperial Stout is a rich in flavor, aromatic and complex, dark top fermented beer lagered for several months. A specialty appreciated by beer lovers all over the world. When Kome is over 36 months, the beer changes its taste. Now you can decide how long your Kome will mature. And I didn't really wait for 36 months. Uh, this thing was brewed, or bottled actually, I should say, uh, January 30th, 2022. So, shoot, it's been, what, see, 21, 21 months? So yeah, you know, it's uh, closer, closer to 36 months than being fresh. And truth be told... Uh, I I thought I hit record and I already opened the bottle and I already poured it and I already sipped a little bit. Um, so I can't do the uh, cap off. Uh, apologies to um, my good friend over at Hoppy Craftsman, Eddie Gomez, because that's his favorite part of the show. But uh, yeah, this thing pours like motor oil, um, kind of syrupy. It's got a, a really strong aromatic flavor in the beginning, roasty, a little bit of ash. Um, you can smell some dried fruit in there, like some prunes or dates, raisins. Um, can't really taste that in the uh, in the taste. Uh, you can't perceive that in the taste, but it does have um, some really dark chocolatey flavors too. A little bit of toffee in there. Um, and that lends itself to some sweetness. I don't think they put anything sweet in here. I, they don't have anything listed in the ingredients for it to be sweet. I just think it's by virtue of all the malt they have in there. Coming in at 12%, I figured they probably added a shitload of malt, maybe a little bit of sugar too. Uh, who knows? Um, I know that here in the U.S., if you add anything, um, you're supposed to add the, uh, supposed to put on the label what you added. 
Um, but uh, who knows what, what it's like in Poland. Uh, who knows what the brewery laws are over there. But this one's really good. I, 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 I'm digging it so far, and we, we will. I will rate this later on our untapped account. So search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. Right now, it's time for some beer news. All right, so our first story comes to us from HuffPost. Uh, I know they're not the, you know, the the best source for news, but this is a pretty good article, and it's not too far off the mark of some from our other articles I read, and it's pretty short. So, did you know that worldwide we love beer almost as much as tea and water? Now, thanks to climate change, our third favorite bre- beverage is at risk, according to a study conducted by Nature Communications. Over the years, we've got quite into our beer. Our love of craft beers is creating unprecedented demand, sparking more and more microbreweries to pop up. So much so that manufacturers are relying increasingly on high-quality hops to make artisan ales, beers, and lagers. The key ingredient to making beer is hops, a flower found on the top of uh, the common hop plant, or humulus lupulus, if you're fancy. They are harvested and fermented alongside yeast, wheat, and water to make that distinctive taste we've come to love so much, be that bitter, sour, floral, or fruity flavors. There are very few places across the globe where high-quality hops can be grown. They require very specific weather and environmental conditions to flourish healthily. As such, they are more susceptible to being impacted by droughts and unseasonable heat waves, which we've been having a lot of lately. Extreme weather conditions have had quite an impact on UK agriculture already. Farmers responding to research carried out by UK Climate Resilience Program said, changes to our weather and climate were seen as too uncertain and too long-term for them to invest significantly time, significant time or money in planning for them now. It raises the question, if not now, when? Whether we like it or not, global warming is showing no signs of slowing down. Furthermore, the Nature Communication study found declines in hop yields of more than 30% were recorded in 2000 and 2003, in 2006 and 2015. By 2050, experts believe that hop yield is set to decline by 4 to 18% and are calling for immediate adaptive measures to help stabilize the ever-growing global sector. There are things farmers can do to try and prepare for the unpreparable, They can breed more resilient crops, plant in higher altitudes or in valley locations, and deploy the use of irrigation systems. Although it's uncertain how this will affect the quality of the crops, which in turn affects the quality of the beer. Sigh. They actually wrote that. She actually wrote that. Um, I agree to a point. I think uh, Sorcerer Chromatic was the first one to clue me in um, early during our podcast podcast. lives career whatever you want to call it uh where he made the comment that you know beer is an agricultural product agricultural product and as such um it is susceptible you know i'm using words that the article uh used it is susceptible to the changing uh climate um or just different weather patterns uh, year to year um such as wine Wine is also an agricultural product, and you know you always always hear people, "Oh, it was a good 
good year for uh, you know a certain grape, or good you know good uh, area of the world for a certain grape. So much like that, you know, hops are very finicky, um, and I guess you know to a certain extent barley is too, and water the availability of water and and yeast. So it, it all factors in, you know, and that's another thing that adds to the the wonder of macro um, lagers, how they could be consistent so often, um, seeming that, uh, you know, it is an agricultural product. But, um, yeah, so I agree with that. Uh, I don't agree with some of the verbiage. You know, the uh, I prefer climate change over global warming. Um, it's more accurate because, you know, the winter has been freezing and shit's been cold. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it has an impact on the, uh, on the agriculture as well. So, you know, um, going off of that, I think that, uh, you know, let's we'll wait and see. Um, maybe uh, do some more greenhouses or, or whatever the case might be. I don't know. I am not a hop farmer, so I don't know what they have to contend with. But, you know, maybe a more hardy type of hop will be preferred. And then it might not be as flavorful. It might be, uh, you know, a little bit lackluster, but at least it'll be around and it'll be able to uh, brew beer with it. So we'll have to wait and see on that. All right. So the next story comes to us from VinePair. And the headline is five of the Internet's most polarizing beer takes, according to Reddit. And... Um, all right, so we're going to go through this. It's kind of like a, a, a cold brew list story, but not really. Um, I'm going to talk about the, I'll just read the topics and then we'll go off of that. Uh, nitro beers are just flat beers. Uh, Guinness is one of the most popular beers on the planet. It's also one of the only mass market beers infused with nitrogen, giving it its signature foamy head and plush creamy mouthfeel. The nitro beer is most commonly found in the world's world of stouts and porters but brewers have started experimenting with the technique for other styles like cream ales started they've been doing that for fucking years bro um english style old ales and even ipas the results generally pretty awesome but some redditors have taken to the forums to complain that the addition of nitrogen puts an undesirable shellac over an otherwise good beer one account claims that nitrogen leaves the beer seemingly seeming flat and someone else chimed in to say that nitrogen mutes a beer's flavor and aroma. Well, you know, I guess so. I guess you can see that. But uh, cream males, it works. Um, stouts, it works. Porters, it works. And people, you know, just let them try shit. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't sell. They're obviously going to stop doing it. You know, money always talks. So vote with your dollars, uh, people. All right, next topic. Not enough breweries make six-packs. One vaguely threatening Reddit comment bashes the new industry norm of packaging beers in four packs of 16-ounce cans, following it up with give me six packs or else. This user clearly just wants the best bank for his buck, but there are many reasons breweries stick to four packs. Plus, four packs are ultimately more environmentally friendly. On the other hand, there is something nice about not having to commit to a full 16 ounces of beer every time you crack a can. And I agree. I think uh, um, I, it, they don't have to be six packs. I just don't need 16 ounces of every fucking beer I buy. Um, sure, maybe a lager, you know, maybe or even then a, well, a 16 ounces of a lager. You know, you have to get through it quick. Otherwise, it's going to get warm. Maybe an IPA. Definitely not a Russian Imperial Stout. 
or a sour. You know, I don't want 16 ounces of a sour. Give me 12 ounces of a sour, and I'm good. Shit, give me, give me those uh, 110 calorie uh, Coca-Cola cans. You know, <laughs> give me some one of those of the sour. Good enough for me, man. I don't even know how many ounces those things are, or um, would it be uh, milliliters? I don't know how many milliliters those are. I just know that they they're 110 calorie cans. Even though this is 110 calories or 100 calories, even though like a full one's 120 calories. Anyway, yeah, give me give me mini cans. Give me mini cans of sours, mini cans of, of and you know what? Breweries would make more if they sold it in smaller um, containers. It's just how it works. So, yeah, um, I agree with that one. All right, next one. There aren't enough saisons. Saisons are commonly a brewery brewer's favorite style of beer, but beer nerds have grown fond of the style as well. However, they're less and less common these days as most breweries make the bulk of their profits by releasing IPA after IPA. As much as folks like to complain about the saison drought, the numbers just don't add up. On top of taking a long time to brew and generally commanding a higher price point, people aren't buying them to the degree they claim to be. These days, Saison releases are few and far between and often exist solely as a brewer's passion project. That being said, there's a handful of breweries that make nothing but Saisons like Oregon's Nebula, Nebulous Nebuleus beer. Um... Now, you know, I think there's just enough Saisons. If there was a lot of Saisons, people would be like, man, why do brewers always brew Saisons? Why don't they brew IPAs? So, you know, just be happy with what you have. And the fact that they are rare just makes them that much better. That, that's the way I feel about it. And next, beers that, quote, taste like candy are, quote, ruining the industry. A lot of quotes in there. Uh, while saisons are practically considered high art in the beer community, fruited beers, pastry stouts, and kettle sours often get a bad rap. It's not that there aren't world-class examples of each, but they do often fall into the realm of beers that taste like candy, for lack of a better word. But to say that they are ruining the industry is a bit of a stretch. For every one person who likes a brewery's potato chip, Reese's, or raspberry-flavored stout, there's 20 people who think they're gross and never stray too far from their beloved IPA. They do. They, 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 they brew them for a reason because people buy them. That's why they brew them. So if, just like I said at the beginning of this, if you don't like it, don't buy it and they'll stop brewing it. But people buy them just like, you know, just like they, they people buy White Claw because they like them. Or people buy seltzers or, or brewers are starting to brew seltzers all over the damn place because people buy them. It brings in a different clientele and you can't deny if, if you're a business person, you are going to make what the people buy because you're a damn business person. And may, maybe you're making the best of that in the area too. So anyway, uh, let's see here. And then the, I think this is the last one for this article. Quality beer isn't affordable anymore. When it comes to brewing, quality is mighty subjective. Sierra Nevada and Guinness are both beloved and even top some beer connoisseurs list of favorites. But there are plenty of people who turn their noses up at stuff, at the stuff, and in favor of splurging on $22 four packs of other half brewings, hazies. Sure, other half may be using pricey pricey ingredients 
and making smaller batches of beer, but that doesn't mean that less expensive brews are low quality. And, you know, and, and that, that goes to the point of just economics. All the ingredients are starting to add up and starting to increase. And brewers are a business. They're not there. Sure, they started because it's their passion. But they also want to keep fucking brewing beer. So they have to increase the prices. And these small craft breweries have to increase the prices. The, the larger ones can, you know, cut costs because their costs are low. And so they, you know, they could sell it at a lower price point, not cause co cut cost, but sell it at, at a lower price point. But that doesn't mean that they're low quality. It just means that they're, they're doing fucking well as far as the business goes. And so, yeah, um, it is getting expensive. Um, even stadium beers are getting expensive. Now you have to pay almost like a, a as much as a four pack for just one pint of beer. And sometimes they skimp out and they only give you 14 ounces. Who knows? I mean, when was the last time anyone took a, a measuring cup to make sure that they were actually getting um, 16 uh, ounces of beer at a at a what do you call it at a stadium or an arena or at an event? So, yeah, um, it is what it is. I mean, I remember when when I started getting into the craft beer craze, I think like five, six dollar pints was a thing. Now it's like seven, eight dollar pints. So. You know, it just, um, it sucks that the economy is is doing as poorly as it is. I don't ever see it going back down. I really don't. I mean, if people are paying it now, like, why stop? Even if uh, cost of uh, ingredients go down, maybe. But they don't. It's just, uh, you know, more for the, the business owner to um, break in. So I don't see them going down. I've never seen prices go down in my lifetime. They always go up. So... It is what it is. If it's too expensive for you, fine. Like I said, vote with your pocketbook. Vote with your money. Just uh, put your money where you want it to go. And uh, yeah, stop complaining about it. I don't know. I, I'm i not a complainer um, about of most things um, in this industry. And so there are a few things. You know, if you guys listen to me long enough where, you know, I complained about some stuff. But for the most part, it is what it is. And... If you don't want to do it, you know, then don't do it. So anyway. All right. That's enough. That's enough of my soapbox. It's a very small, 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 yeah, small soapbox, but soapbox nonetheless. All right. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to rate this beer right now on untapped. So like I said, search cold brew podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. So I had by, let me see, let me go to untapped. Where's my untapped? There it is. And I'm just going to type in Komei. They spell it K-O-M-E-S, but um, I looked it up to see how it's pronounced. And it's I found it's pronounced Komei, so I could be wrong. It could be Combs. It could be Combs. It could be Comes. But I'm going to pronounce it Komei. It seems French to me. Komei, Russian. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's no longer in production. Holy shit. I have a... Uh... Hmm, maybe I'll go get some more. This is actually pretty good. I really like it. I really dig it. I'm going to give this a 4.0. Has an overall rating right now of 3.75. One of our friends has rated it at 2.5. Not a big fan. Travis M. Um, yeah, he gave it a 2.5. He didn't really say anything about it. He just uh, checked it in. So I'm going to check in. Give this a 4. I'm not really... I don't really care about this. Um, this... 
Untapped Insider. I think it, it, we're almost done with our year subscription, and it really has not added anything to the show. Um, it has not added anything to my own personal enjoyment of the app. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to do it again I don't, unless they come at the end of the year saying, hey, thanks for joining. Here's a discount for the next year. Maybe I'll join again. But otherwise, you know, nah, I, I, maybe I just don't utilize it enough. I'm not an influencer on Untapped. Excuse me, I had to take a sip. So I'm going to say this is um, roasty, sweet, and warm. Because that's exactly what this is. Save and check in. All right, so a couple of things um, I do want to get to. One of them is the Arizona Craft Beer Awards Beer Festival. This happened like two or three weeks after the Craft Beer Awards. I'm not going to even go over those because, um, I don't know, it just, uh, it's already passed. I, I thought they were going to, uh, like last year, I think they, was it like, this? I, I want to say it was the same week or the week, it was like one after the other. And I thought it was going to be like that, but all it was just a, a, a beer festival and a very um, unattended beer festival at that i was amazed at the unattendance that was there don't get me wrong i had a good time it's a fucking beer festival i always enjoy beer festivals i paid for a vip ticket and i felt like it was vip hour the whole festival that's how um under attended it was that's the way i felt um there was hardly any lines like maybe two or three people four at the most in front of me um, maybe it has to do with the location. It was out on the west side. It was in Glendale next to the State Farm Stadium. And in the valley, the east, the east valley is, is more densely populated than the west valley. So that, that might have been something to do with it. It could also have been the fact that it was, um, it was just Arizona breweries. There was nothing there was nothing uh, um, extraordinary about it. Um, there was no like invitees or anything. There was no um, out of state. I don't think there's any out of state breweries there. It was just Arizona breweries. So basically, we were just getting stuff that we could have got anyway. Um, and this goes to I think some of the stories we've read, like in the past, how beer festivals have started to wane a little bit maybe they've seen their heyday and their heyday is done and it's more about being able to get try beers that you cannot obtain uh, normally now some of the breweries that were there won awards and they were able to say hey you know i want a silver for this one or i want a gold or i want a bronze whatever the case might be in this category and that's cool but not all the breweries that won awards were there and not all the beers that had won awards uh, were offered by the breweries because maybe they didn't have enough of it. So it lacked there, but the, the location was great. It was on the lawn on the west side of the State Farm Stadium. Um, they had a couple areas where you could chill. Um, it was a little bit warm. It was like 99 degrees that day. So, you know, it was a little bit uh, warm, but they also had some, they had, uh, some tents for shade and... Um, against the buildings it was kind of shady because there was a couple i think there's restaurants that uh, flanked either side and people were they had like tables set up so people could um you know put their beers down and just hang out a little bit 
and they pretty pr practically every single table um every single high top table anyway not the picnic tables uh, all the high tops were um relocated to the shady areas of the uh of the lawn um but you know it was it was cool i hung out with uh, my friend eddie gomez from hoppy craftsman and that guy's been on a tear uh he and his uh his co-host chris have, have just been interviewing like everybody in the valley i guess uh they they found the their stride um especially since the uh the preeminent podcast in arizona the tap that az um he uh eric walter hung up his uh hung up his headphones his microphone he's done there's no more tap that um they were like the uh he quit his job quit his day job and and just went full-fledged into podcasting and social media and everything and now he's running a magazine i guess the uh taste of az and yeah so he's no longer uh, <laughs> he's no longer the official I, I i'm doing air quotes the official podcast of arizona craft beer um because he, he dubbed himself that title i'm like hey wait what's going on here um and that's why i, I dubbed myself the official hypocrite because that was going um i was having that little battle uh social media battle with uh, someone online um which was uh, you know it was kind of fun it gave me a uh, content for the show but um anyway so yeah i guess uh and, and, and for, in fact uh, eddie was the one who texted me and said hey uh it looks like you're the the official um craft beer podcast of the valley i'm like nope that's not me and especially after that they, they've been on a, a run that they have been on and they're more arizona centric than i am and because me my brother and i we we're more focused on well, you know, there's some Arizona stuff, some California stuff, mostly Bay Area, and then also we focus a little bit on you know worldwide trends and stuff like that. So I'm too broad to be considered just an Arizona um, craft beer podcast, um, just like the Hobby Craftsmen are. And there's a few others. I think I don't even know if Max Allotment's still doing his. There's a show on the on the terrestrial radio that also puts out a podcast. I forgot those guys. So yeah, there. I mean, there's others out there. It's not just me. I think he, I don't even know if Inkle Dew's doing theirs anymore. I was on their their show for a minute, but we're still here. Um, I think we're the most consistent, unless Max Allotments does once once a week. But uh, regardless, um, yeah, good for uh, you know, good for Eric. You know, I hope I hope, wish him well um, in his endeavor. Um, not easy opening or you know starting a magazine in the uh, um in the digital world so maybe maybe uh they'll they'll do some online stuff and uh start creating some stuff on instagram I'll have to wait and see i haven't really been paying close attention i've been ma mainly focused on football right now because uh football is in full swing oh my beloved 49ers lost two in a row and they might lose three in a row to be honest because of uh brock purdy going into concussion protocol there is a uh, no guarantee he's going to play on sunday that means sam darnold's going to play and even who knows that might even uh, um domino into the fact that uh christian mccaffrey might lose his streak of uh, what 16 um touchdowns 16 games in a row with the touchdown that's a pretty incredible feat i hope he keeps going but man um, maybe this is just the low on their season it's better it happens now then at the end, can you imagine they win like 14 in a row, then they lose their last three, and then they lose their first playoff game? 
So you know they and with their last three, they they lose their last three, they lose home field advantage, and then then they're out in wild card weekend. That'd be a fucking shame. So maybe it's better that the law happens now, and then they you know right the ship and and come back and storm. You know, losing three games in a season, losing three games in a row sucks. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. That's going to be shitty, and and people are gonna all the doubters are going to come out, and that's fine. Um, you know, let them. Uh, I think the 49ers still have a great team, and they will still do well. I still have them going to the playoffs. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind, as of right now, anyway. Who knows what five weeks in five weeks what what, what the roster is going to look like? I mean, I had no idea Brock Purdy was in concussion protocol till earlier today. And today's Thursday, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not too worried. I was a little bit upset about the the Viking loss more than anything because it's a conference loss, uh, losing against the Browns. And if they lose against the Bengals, I'm not not too upset because it's uh, not even a conference, let alone divisions, not even a conference loss. And so, you know, when it comes down to tiebreakers, it's lower on the totem pole than is, let's say we lost to the Cardinals, Seahawks, or Rams. That'd be even worse. That'd be more devastating to me because... Losing to a division opponent just it it, it sucks. <laughs> it's the worst loss right there. Um, but yeah, this uh, this this season is uh, um, not going so well for the Diners. Uh, going well for some other teams. Um, looks like the Lions uh, got bashed by the the Ravens last week <clears throat> last weekend. So they're gonna have to write the ship. And you know the Bills aren't looking too good. Uh, some people even think that the uh, the Bucks might beat them tonight. So we'll see. I don't have them. I, uh, I, I, you know, I've been gambling, and what I've been doing recently is because uh, they have some like uh, um, boost. Some uh, uh, FanDuel has a, a profit boost, and if you, you always got to do a three-leg parlay. Sometimes you have to have it total more than plus four hundred or plus four fifty for it to qualify. And what I've been doing instead of going for like a Anytime touchdown, because I keep losing. Anytime I, I throw in a um, an anytime touchdown leg, it never hits. So I'm like, why am I keep why why do I keep doing this? I so I've been doing I've been doing alternate um, alternate lines, like instead of uh, um, like tonight, Josh Allen. I think he's the over under for his passing yards. I want to say like 250, 275. Well, I'll do a, an alternate line of like plus 200. He just has to throw 200 or 225 yards. Excuse me, and Diggs only has to get like instead of like a hundred yards passing, he's got to get only or uh, receiving yards. He only needs like sixty. So I've been putting together alternate lines like really easy. But if you put like five or six of them, you can get like plus four hundred, plus five hundred, and um, those have been hitting for me. And so even if I don't get the profit boost, if I just get like more than uh, more than a hundred, then that means I'm getting my money back plus a little bit more. I'm making more than even. More than even Stevens. And from what I hear from some of the podcasts I listen to, some betting podcasts, you know, pro gamblers, they make 60%, then they're doing well. You know, because they're they're over even money. You know, they're making money year, year over year. So that's my goal now is to try just try to stop trying to go for the big win. Stop trying to go for the home runs and start hitting singles and doubles. Because that's how you, you know, that's how that's a good way to build. So that's, that's my new strategy. I wish I would have... Uh, Dunk it out a lot, lot longer ago, and just even like the minus one ten bets. Even if you hit those, it's still a win. 
You know what I mean? You still get your money back plus some. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's my focus now. And we'll see because uh, definitely has not been um, lucrative for me um, until now. So, um, yeah. So out there, for those of you out in Betty land, you know, good luck. And, uh, yeah, if you have any um, <laughs> if you have any uh, leads, throw them my way. All right. That's going to do it for this week of Cold Brew Podcast. Um Hopefully next week uh, or this weekend, Sorcerer Cormac and I can hook back up and um, throw uh, um, throw something together for you next week. We'll see. It's a week-to-week basis right now, I guess. And that's fine. If that's the way it is, if that's the way it's got to be, that's the way it's got to be. And uh, we'll get to back to the swing of things in no time, I'm sure. Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew Podcast. I am Greg, and on behalf of Sorcerer Chromatic, we'd like to wish you cheers. Until next time. We raise the ball and we put it in your ear no matter who you are.